Hello and welcome to AV Plus for the week of May 7th, 2021. My name is Jonathan Blackwood, Editorial Director of Commercial Integrator, and I am your host. First up, today's headlines. Trox acquires Tierney to expand education client base across North America. What started with a phone call in October wrapped up about six months later with Trox acquiring St. Paul, Minnesota-based Tierney as a final piece of its EdTech puzzle across North America. Now, Trox CEO Arez Picard says the company will target acquisitions that help the Phoenix-based AV integrator enhance its capabilities in networking and security. Picard calls Trox's acquisition of Tierney, a 45-year-old family business started by brother Jim and Tom Tierney, as a merger of equals and notes, cost savings is not the goal. It's more about spring-loading the company we're acquiring for growth. Diversified earns 2021 Queen's Award for Enterprise. Diversified and Martin Audio were two of the 205 organizations to receive a 2021 Queen's Award for Enterprise. Diversified, the 2016 CI Integrator of the Year and first Pro-AV Integrator to crack the $1 billion revenue level in 2020, was recognized for, quote, excellence in international trade for outstanding short-term growth in overseas sales over the years. Service has become a critical component of integration. With a large percentage of tech-related projects drying up in the past year or so because of the continued spread of the coronavirus pandemic across the U.S. and around the world, integrators have finally come around to an idea we've been trying to teach them about for years. Service comes first. For more, here's commercial integrator editor-at-large Craig McCormick. Thanks, Jonathan. This week, we're going to talk about service. It's something that AV integrators, manufacturers, and distributors have, have been talking a lot about for, for many years. Uh, some do it better than others. It was the focus of a recent uh, session at the PSNI Super Summit, and that, that was, of course, virtual this year. Uh, the, the session was dubbed Services in a Post-Pandemic World, and the, the PSNI Global Alliance understand that this is a problem, not just for U.S. and uh, North American companies, but around the world. A uh, large percentage of uh, tech-related projects obviously dried up in the last year because of the pandemic, and, and uh, service became even more important. It's, it's something integrators had to really think about and, and really focus on uh, make, making sure that they had those service opportunities available for their clients or they risked losing all of their business entirely. Uh, COVID-19 is, is forcing companies to reconstruct how they work and collaborate, the, the summit uh, promo said. And uh, one of the speakers, Diego Perez from New Tech Solutions Multimedia in Argentina, said that the COVID world has helped us to better know our customers and ourselves. He says, we took advantage of the experience by building in more services. Customers are telling us they want to be more proactive and be more with them to know their business better. And service is about delivering more than equipment. There's a lot of AV integrators that have to think about the, the big picture and, and obviously the pandemic has made them, them do that a little bit more. Uh, and John Pierre Overbeek from Econocom in, in the Netherlands said, we like to consider what our customers really need. And he said, this new way of working will three architects to help us redesign spaces. He says, what we deliver is a communication service. We used to see service as an add-on, but now it's the start of the conversation. And 
more integrators are, are starting to think that way, that, that service is the beginning of the conversation, not something that you talk about as you're trying to wrap up the deal or in, in the final five seconds of, you know, before you sign the contract. It's something that, that really has to be a critical component and something that, uh, that everybody is focusing on. And obviously the pandemic wasn't a good thing for, for anybody. And, and certainly as it, as it continues, it's not a good thing, even if, as the industry is starting to recover. But one good thing that has come out of it is, is that more integrators and, and more people in the AV industry are thinking more about service. And maybe that's something that will continue. And, and I do believe it will. Thanks, and back to you. Thank you, Craig. In other news, Basecamp CEO bans political and social talk. Basecamp CEO Jason Fried announced on Monday the company would no longer allow employees to discuss politics or cultural issues at work, among other policy updates that eliminate committees and streamline the review process. Fried acknowledged up front in his announcement that some employees would likely bristle at the change, but he believed they are necessary to return the focus of Basecamp to its business operations. Polly brings Alexa to Zoom rooms. Polly announced a new offering that will allow Polly customers to easily set up Alexa for business in Polly Zoom rooms and ask Alexa to join meetings and book rooms without having to spend money on additional Alexa-enabled devices. The goal here is to simplify the enablement and management of Alexa for Business by building it into the Zoom management portal. Instead of an Alexa device, a PolyZoom Rooms device detects a person's voice to start a meeting or book a room. Poly boasts a broad lineup of professional-grade Zoom Room appliances that feature advanced speaker tracking and noise filtering technology. NSCA Chief Economist Chris Keel says that economies are starting to look past COVID-19. The economy has rebounded so sharply that it's almost back to where it was prior to the beginning of the pandemic's impacts in the US, but there are now several other factors to consider, according to Chris Keel, NSCA's chief economist. In fact, the pandemic isn't even the chief economic concern among investors, economists, the finance community, or the business community, Keel said during an NSCA webinar this week. There are now other concerns AV Pro should be aware of, including inflation and the slow recovery of commercial real estate. Finally, the global chip shortage is beginning to impact pro AV supply chains. According to industry experts, researchers, and distributors, a global shortage of semiconductors and other components is causing shipping delays and price increases for displays of all kinds as the pro AV channel competes with a variety of other industries for access to vital components. The main issue affecting the display supply chain are semiconductors, specifically display drivers that send instructions for illuminating the screen on the display. For more, here's commercial integrator editor, Zach Como. Thanks, Jonathan. I think we've all been hearing about the shortage of semiconductors and other chips that is wreaking havoc on the automotive industry and consumer electronics, but it's also starting to impact for AV. I spoke with several AV distributors and economic experts say that the impacts of the global chip shortage will soon make its mark on the AV channel, and in many cases, it already is. According to the people I spoke with, the largest impact is with displays due to a particular shortage in IC display drivers. Sandy Stambaugh, the Vice President of Product Management at Cinex Corporation, had this to say. How much is this global semiconductor shortage factoring into that? It's a, I mean, it's a huge part of it, so yeah. for sure. I mean, we've gone through this rotation of 
um, you know, one component after another being short or, you know, going on allocation, manual allocation, that type of thing. Um, and certainly prices, price increases associated with that, just standard laws of supply and demand. But, um, you know, um, definitely the global GPU shortage is a, is a big deal. Um, and, you know, we don't expect that to, you know, to re be relieved uh, soon, right? Um, and then mm -hmm. also, you know, you've seen that as, a, as kind of a stemming off of that, the the, the IC controller shortages, um, again, everything that has the screen associated, right? Um, right. So mm -hmm. kind of rotated through, you know, one product set to another. I do have responsibility for um, a large part of our device mobility business as well. So I've been kind of, we've been navigating this in one business or the other, and now both, um, you know, for some time or for months and months, um, but certainly mm -hmm. um, expecting, you know, some of it to get even more challenging through the summer. So with these shortages expected to last through the summer, it's important to develop a plan and let your customers know about these issues. Back to you, Jonathan. Thank you, Zach. Today's guest is Ed Gibbons of Almo on to discuss the implementation of solar panels in the company's Wisconsin warehouse. The project is part of an ongoing evolution to more sustainability from the company. Ed discusses the difficulties of solar projects, the return on investment that offsets the initial cost, and the company's plans for the future in terms of sustainability. Before we get to the interview with Ed Gibbons, though, here's what's going on around Commercial Integrator this week. Crestron Masters Virtual occurred last week, and Craig McCormick joined the virtual show and wrote an article detailing the many thoughts and announcement revealed during the two-day event. You can find that on commercialintegrator.com. Our distance learning deep dive is now available for download. The white paper features not only an in-depth article into the future of distance learning, but a breakdown from an audience survey that details how integrators have handled distance learning in the past year. Finally, Commercial Integrator and Intel are holding a webinar on May 19th at two o'clock p.m. Eastern time. This webinar will discuss how collaboration and communication have changed as a result of COVID and will detail the Intel Unite platform. Head to commercialintegrator.com and click on webcasts to register. Now we turn to our interview with Ed Gibbons of Almo. Okay, we now welcome on to AV Plus Ed Gibbons of Almo. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Great to meet you, John. Uh, it, it's great to have you on. Um, I just saw the news of uh, Almo's new Wisconsin warehouse uh, and the solar panels that were put in there. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about it. How difficult was it to convert such a large facility from traditional power to solar energy? Uh, it, it's actually surprisingly easy. The, the actual setups are, are great. There's a number of companies out there um, that, uh, that do most of the work for you. It's just a question of whether you can make the economics work. And uh, that normally has to do with what the payback period is and, and whether you own the building or whether you lease the building and how long your lease is, et cetera. But the actual installation um, probably took, you know, three or four months in total. Uh, some of those delays, uh, you know, a time period in there is to, uh, due to inspections and cutovers and making sure all the equipment's working right. But it's a pretty straightforward process. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that return uh, quickly. Obviously, there are elemental, uh, environmental uh, benefits to solar energy, but there's also an ROI in terms of dollar and cents over a certain amount of time. Uh, what would you say to other companies that are considering the switch to solar but are worried about that initial investment? Sure. I would first see if you own the, the building or not. Um, second would be is how, how recent the roof has been replaced, how new that roof is. 
you want to at least have seven, eight years left on the roof if you're going to do an installation. Otherwise, you've got to move it, and, and, and there's some expenses associated with that. Um, if you're leasing, uh, you want to know that you have enough time in your lease to get the payback period. Uh, whereas if you own it, you, you know, if you're expecting it to be five years, it turns out to be six years, not that big of an issue. But if you're leasing it for four years and it turns out to be six years, someone else may be getting those benefits if you don't renew that lease. You know, you, you mentioned a moment ago that there are plenty of companies out there that'll kind of handle the legwork, but how do you go about choosing the right company to partner with, especially considering that this is a relatively new uh, technology sector. So there may not be as much of a, a history of success with some of these companies as there would be with say an integrator or an architecture firm or, or so on and so forth. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's also regionally based as well. Um, that's why we used uh, different suppliers uh, in PA and in Wisconsin. Um, some of them are, you know, because their installation crews are, are uh, you know, a local or geographically based uh, crew. Uh, but there's also different regulations and different incentives by states. Um, so they need to know the details because it can get pretty expensive if you make a mistake, making an assumption you're going to get a certain amount of rebate and it turns out not to be there. So that's why we used a couple different uh, players. We also put it out to bid at least three or four players to, to come to the party with plans. Uh, they, they'll use different panels, different technologies. Um, and we've got, you know, we've done two or three of them. We can sort of understand the language and, and know what we're looking for as we, as we go forward with those projects. Yeah, and I'll ask you about that, but I, I, I do know that uh, Elmo has done, I think this is the third facility that Elmo has converted to solar power. Just last year, we wrote about uh, the Philadelphia headquarters. Um, but obviously, as you mentioned, it, it gets a little bit easier each time, but a company that's doing this for the first time, you know, what's that time frame like from, okay, we've decided that we want to convert to solar power to, okay, now we can put out a press release letting people know that we've, mm -hmm. you know, that the conversion has been successful. Yeah, my guess would be if you were super aggressive on it, it might be six or seven months, but that's that's pretty aggressive. I'd say it'd take about a year, you know, to, to, to understand the technology, get the bids together, um, whether it plays a factor, you know, at least in the northern uh, states. Um, so, yeah, I would say plan on a year before you turn it up. And then, you know, there's inspections and like we had a change out of transformer, part of a transformer, you know, so uh, some unexpected costs, they weren't that great, but they always add time and, and, uh, and getting those inspections done, et cetera. So plan on a year. Do you guys consider any sort of lead certifications or tax incentives or anything like that while this is going on? And, and how do you navigate those decisions? Or is the return on investment internally and obviously the environmental impact uh, from this enough? Yeah, so lead certification is a step well, step well above that. And it's, I think a lot of that pertains to when you look at new construction, although, you know, or a major reconstruction of a, of a building. So we didn't have those opportunities here. Um, but I think the, uh, you know, sort of the uh, environmental stewardship is a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, if we can make the economic, we're a privately held company. Um, so we have a little bit more of a lead time on, on you know, payback. Than maybe a publicly traded company would, um, but it's still you know there are there are things that the company needs to spend money on, and, and if if this one can have a payback, that certainly makes it an easier decision. Absolutely, and and as I mentioned, this is the third facility uh, that Almo has converted. Uh, are you guys planning on on more conversions, and and what are your plans moving forward when it comes to clean energy? Sure, the the plan is so there's probably two major initiatives 
uh, th three major initiatives that we're working on. Well, one is the solar and um, we've got four other locations we will be looking to this for. I can't say that we'll absolutely do it, but we'll certainly be looking to do it. But it, it has to do with when those leases expire and several of them expire in 22, uh, 2022 and 2023. That's really the time to be able to do it uh, because we may move to another building or we wanna make sure we've got enough term in the lease to, to make the, uh, the payback possible. Um, so those are exciting initiatives. So we're, one, we're excited that we've got the third one done. And then over the course of the next two years, we've got the opportunity for at least two or three more. Um, the other one is we've been changing out, you know, about five, six, seven years ago, we changed a lot of our warehouse lighting to motion control lighting. So that cuts the power by more than half that's used for lighting. And now we're switching those to LED lights as we go through and it cuts it by another, you know, 25, 30%. So those are significant savings um, in an operation that typically runs 16 to 20 hours a day. And the third one is we're looking to electrify our forklift fleet. It's probably about 80% propane today. And over the course of the next three or four years, we expect that to shift to 80% uh, electric. And uh, that goes well with the solar initiative too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we'll be able to have you on once that conversion is done and you can tell us a little bit about the intricacies of, of making that switch to electric vehicles as well. Um, Ed Gimmons of Almo, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit about this project. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Many thanks to Ed Gibbons for joining us and telling us all about the solar panel project that Almo is undergoing. That's it for this week's episode of AV Plus for the week of May 7th, 2021. A reminder to all listeners that the full stories we've detailed today can be found at commercialintegrator.com. Please remember to subscribe to AV Plus and get your weekly roundup of news in the AV industry. I'm Jonathan Blackwood, host of AV Plus. Thank you for listening. <laughs>